Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. We'd also like to thank you for listening to the show. Also following on social media on Rumble at Casey the Host, on Telegram at Casey the Host, and for going to the the website, theburningtruth.us, and, and signing up to get uh, newsletters for the daily show prep and everything else. I do appreciate that. Uh, if you do listen to the podcast, could you do me a favor? Whatever platform you listen to the podcast on, whether it's iTunes or Google or Spotify or what have you, would you please leave a rating and a review? I would appreciate that. I have um, a lot of people who listen to the podcast, uh, very few ratings and reviews. So if you could do that, I would really appreciate it. It just takes uh, about five seconds of your time. Helps me in the search algorithms and helps other people discover the show. All right, let's uh, go over a couple of blurbs here, and then we'll head into the situation where uh, parents are basically being declared as domestic terrorists. We'll get to that here in a sec. Uh, But first, in August of 2020, the Trump administration managed something stunning. Border Patrol agents caught more than 47,000 illegal immigrants and immediately released just 10 of them into the interior of the country. So that's the catch-and-release situation. Now, for those of you who do not know what catch-and-release is, Illegal immigrant comes across the southern border. They get captured by the Border Patrol. Catch and release means they are given a court date and then released into the interior of the United States, which means they're free to live in the United States, do whatever they want in the United States. As long as they pinky promise, they'll come back for their court date, which is usually, you know, a year or two later. And over 90% of them never show up to that court date. They just vanish in the wind. So... The Trump administration killed catch and release. If you got captured, you were sent out of the country to wait for your court date. That is the remain in Mexico policy. So if you illegally crossed into the United States and the Border Patrol captured you, you're an illegal immigrant, you've broken our law, instead of releasing you into the United States until your court date or in, you know, holding you in a cell until your court date, they sent you back to Mexico where you came from And you waited there for your court date. And people either chose to wait for their court date or they went home. And they didn't come back and you didn't have to worry about it. So in in August of 2020, 47,000 illegal immigrants were captured. Only 10 of them were actually released into the United States. Which means they were able to prove that their case was different than the norm. And they were able to stay in the U.S. This August, this August, under Biden... The Border Patrol made 195,000 arrests, went from 47,000 to 195,000, and they released 43,943 people into the United States of America via catch and release. Do you know what that amounts to? And here's the thing. I realize that a lot of people are probably going to look at this and go, what did you just say? Just so we are clear, okay, catch and release from August of last year in August of this year went up 430,000%. Staggering stuff. Security experts say the difference between the secure border and unprecedented migrant surge, if you uh, tell the migrant community they're not going to be released, they're not going to come. If a migrant knows that they will be released in the United States awaiting their immigration process, they will not come. Um, And that's Mark Morgan, who we interviewed in Washington, D.C. about all of this, by the way. So staggering increase in in numbers there. 
Now, in what do we have here? Um, SNAP benefits. I got sent this from a relative yesterday. Uh, SNAP benefits are going up all over the place. Um, and what is happening now is uh, SNAP, which is the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program. SNAP is how you get your candy uh, with the government dollar. All right, You're supposed to buy food with it, but you can buy candy with it. You go to the candy aisle at any convenience store or uh, drugstore, you will see that, oh, this is SNAP approved. So you can buy yourself some Mike and Ike, some Milk Duds, and instead of buying you know bread, milk, and eggs. So anyway, the SNAP program benefits are going up 27% above pre-pandemic levels. It's the largest increase in the program's history. The boost comes from an update to the Thrifty Food Plan, which is an estimate of minimum cost of groceries to meet the family needs. So SNAP is increasing the benefits to pre- 27% above pre-pandemic levels. So there's a 27% increase in SNAP food benefits. And, of course, they're, they're saying that this is because, well, the cost of food has gotten much higher. Why is the cost of food much higher? Well, because um, an idiot was put into the White House. That's why. And inflation is out of control. That's where this is all coming from. All right, let's take a look at this here. Um, Parents have been irritated. Parents have been upset. Parents have been showing up to school board meetings. Parents have been angry because they're finding out all sorts of things about how their kids are being educated. One, uh, depending on the color of their skin, their kids are either automatically being taught that they're racist, that they have an inherent uh, benefit in society, or that they are inherently prevented from succeeding in society. Uh, They're also given pornographic materials in schools that a lot of schools pretended they didn't know existed. You know, again, when you have e-learning and parents start to realize what their kids are reading, they're going, hold on a second. Why is my nine-year-old reading about very detailed sexual acts that only happen amongst adults? It's a great question. They're also finding out about some of the Common Core stuff they didn't know about. They're angry. They're furious. The mask situation is is a part of all of this, but really, you know, the critical race theory and the pornography have been driving forces behind this. And parents are angry, and rightfully so. Well, what ended up happening is the National School Board Association, they're sick and tired of parents showing up to school board meetings upset. Now, instead of rectifying the problems that are upsetting parents, what the National School Board Association did is they asked the federal government to declare the activities of these angry parents as domestic terrorism. I'm not making this up. So the National School Board Association gets together and says, there is a domestic terrorist threat with these angry parents. And for the record, some parents are getting out of line, but those are few and far between. There is very scant examples of parents crossing the line Certainly a lot less than there were examples of violence in Antifa. By the way, Antifa just murdered a Proud Boy member. Nobody's nobody's talking about that. So they requested the, the federal government look into these domestic terrorist activities. And Merrick Garland, the attorney general, agreed. So let's go through the fluff piece here in the Washington Post. Attorney General Merrick Garland on Monday ordered the FBI to work with local leaders nationwide to help address what he called a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence. No, this is not about the harassment the Senators Manchin and Cinema have been getting. This is about parents and school board meetings. 
So there's a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against educators and school board members over highly politicized issues such as mask mandates and interpretations of critical race theory. Well, let, let's let's not forget teaching little Susie about various sexual activities, too. In a memorandum, the FBI director, Christopher Wray, who is still lying through his teeth and violating your civil rights on a regular basis, by the way, uh, and federal prosecutors, Garland wrote that the Justice Department will hold strategy sessions with law enforcement in the next 30 days and is expected to announce measures in response to, quote, the rise in criminal conduct directed towards school personnel in the nation's public schools. Uh-huh. You know, Senator Cinema can't even go to the bathroom without somebody breaking the law and harassing her. Did you see that there was an illegal immigrant that also harassed her on an airplane when she was on a flight? So an illegal immigrant comes up to Senator Sinema and says, you're my senator. I'm sorry, illegal immigrants don't have senators. Illegal immigrants shouldn't even be in the country. Senator Sinema is not your senator. You're not a citizen. You're not her constituent at all. So what do you do? Are you implying that you voted for her? Or is it just that you think that she's your senator because you live in that state? Has anybody asked this question? How is it that an illegal immigrant on an airplane can, can approach a U.S. senator? And by the way, nobody seems to tell her to go sit down. Why, why is it that that can happen and she can say that you're my senator and not even at least ask the question of if this illegal immigrant illegally voted in an election? Then not, not get brought up at all. So just so we are crystal clear, if you're a parent and you get a little aggressive online or in a school board meeting, the Attorney General of the United States is looking into your behavior as domestic terrorism at the request of the National School Board Association, but you're allowed to illegally record a United States senator while she's trying to go to the bathroom. And that is not investigated. That is not seen as an intimidation tactic at all. Isn't that interesting? What a wonderful world of hypocrisy we live in right now. It is okay to harass people. Now, let's just back up for just a second here. Maxine Waters, the imbecile congresswoman, Maxine Waters ordered people to harass anybody who is in the Trump administration. Get in their face. Don't let them eat at restaurants. Don't let them go shopping harass them where where's the attorney general i'm previous attorney general i know william barr didn't do anything about that where's where's the uh, the federal government on that where's the federal government on people snatching red hats from people where's uh, where's the attorney general on oh i don't know black lives matter violence and antifa violence once again friendly reminder antifa just shot a proud boy member again Proud Boys are not a racist group at all. They're led by a black man. They're not a racist group. But the news media has has succeeded in labeling them that because anything that is not inherently left-wing must be white supremacist in order to discredit them. We interviewed a black member of the Proud Boys on this show when local news media on the Michigan and Indiana side of the border lied about what happened with the Proud Boys and Antifa in Kalamazoo, Michigan. 
And ultimately, the Proud Boys were cleared in that investigation by the local authorities in Kalamazoo who had originally blamed them for what happened in spite of the fact that it was all caught on camera. News media didn't apologize. Hey, Josh, did you hear anything as a news guy for the local news media apologizing to the Proud Boys for lying about their conduct in Kalamazoo? No, 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 we didn't we didn't hear anything about that, did we? Of course not. So Antifa just shot somebody again. Where's the attorney general about the increase in intimidation and threats coming from Antifa who threatens the lives of everybody all the time? Or BLM threatening the lives and intimidating jurors. Where's where's the uh, where's the attorney general on that? Oh, but parents, parents who don't want their kids to learn about um, how to do specific sex acts when they're nine years old. Parents who don't want their children to be taught that they're inherently racist or inherently oppressed because of the color of their skin. Those parents are the problem. Those are the ones that the FBI has to be mobilized against. But see, there's a problem. See, the FBI just admitted something this week. I don't know if you heard that. The FBI just admitted something. And I'm not talking about what I told you last week, where we found out once again that the FBI continues to consistently violate the FISA process in order to illegally surveil Americans and violate their civil rights. I'm not talking about that story. No, no, the FBI admitted something else this week that we need to cover, which is directly related to all of this. We're going to talk about that coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Somebody asked a question about that illegal immigrant who accosted uh, Senator Cinema on a plane. And again, I, I just, as an aside, I have a question. If you're an illegal immigrant, then how is it possible that Senator Cinema is your senator and you're a constituent of hers? You're not a citizen. And Senator Cinema represents her constituents. You're not a citizen, therefore you're not a constituent. And when you say, you're my senator, are you implying that you voted for her illegally? But somebody asked a question, don't you need an ID to get on that plane? And how did she get that ID? I don't know what the state of Arizona's policy is. That's a great that's a great question. But again, a lot of states are, in fact, giving real ID compliant IDs to illegal immigrants so they can fly and travel and drive and all of that stuff. Uh, City of South Bend does it, too. And there are many states that have have now done that. So that's where I would assume that is. I don't know Arizona's laws pertaining to that. But, you know, something else that I just wanted to point out while while chasing down U.S. senators who aren't voting the way that you like and harassing them and intimidating them and illegally videotaping them in a bathroom. That is a crime, by the way. You cannot go into a bathroom and record anybody without their permission. That is a crime. You can't do that. But they did. And they recorded themselves committing the crime. By the way, Arizona law enforcement authorities are, in fact, investigating those people who videotaped Senator Cinema in a bathroom because it's illegal. So now you've got those threats 
those intimidating tactics, they're being, you know, even Joe Biden said, yeah, look, they ha- I don't endorse those tactics, but they happen to everybody. No, they don't happen to everybody. Yes, people get accosted at public public events. So if you're a politician and you have, you know, a public commentary period, yeah, when people show up at those town halls, sure, they, they accost you. But accosting people in, in, you know, stores or on airplane, those are not common things that happen. So to pretend that this is normal, that's not okay. They're not normal, and that's why there's stories right now. You know, Manchin is enjoying time on his boat, and he's got a bunch of kayakers who come up to his boat, and they're screaming and yelling at him. It's harassment. And just because you're a public figure doesn't mean you lose the ability to be harassed. That's not how it works. And people do harass them, just like they harass celebrities. You know, people always forget this. You know, if you're walking around and somebody is following you and they're constantly harassing you, you can go to the police for stalking. Public officials are often told that they're, or even celebrities are often told that they can't do that. And that's wrong. Sorry. It doesn't work that way. But those aren't intimidating tactics to chase somebody down or harass them on an airplane, on their boat, or illegally record them in a bathroom. So the attorney general doesn't care about any of that. But the attorney general is concerned with labeling parents who are upset at what is being taught to their children and the abuse that their kids are getting and pornography that their children are being forced to read in school. That is now a domestic terrorist activity. Meanwhile, at the same time, the United States Senate has confirmed Tracy Stone Manning. Now, why is that important, Josh? Tracy Stone Manning is a domestic terrorist who used to spike trees. She is a green terrorist. Maybe she doesn't actively do terrorism, but she was a terrorist, and she has now been confirmed as the head of the Bureau of Land Management, which for the record is one of the most corrupt federal bureaucracies in the entire United States government. But she engaged in tree spiking when she was younger. So you're logging, you're chopping down trees, you hit one of these spikes, these spikes become a projectile. And it's like being hit with a javelin. She injured people. So this domestic terrorist gets approved to run a federal bureaucracy, which is extremely powerful. While parents are accused of domestic terrorism because they're showing up a little irritated at school board meetings. Yeah, that seems balanced. Right. But the FBI did make an omission. We're going to talk about that next. I didn't have enough time to go into it. I want to get into it here on the other side of this news break. But the FBI made an admission that makes all of this make sense. We'll talk about that next. MNC News Time is 431. It's time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. All right, so let's continue on with the FBI, shall we? One, the FBI has arrested a retired Green Beret. His name is Jeremy Brown. And they've arrested him because he attended the January 6th protests He did not go inside the Capitol. He stood outside the Capitol. They only arrested him after he refused to be their informant. 
Now, we had heard about this for some time. We knew it was coming because he had told everybody. But So he did not enter the Capitol. He did not break any laws. But because he's refused to be an informant, they have now arrested him. The FBI also admitted something in Congress. In a congressional hearing last week titled Confronting Violent White Supremacy, which for the record, if you look, even the FBI's own data on this, okay, white supremacist violence is extremely rare in the United States. It is not a common issue. It is not something that happens with any real regularity. It is a minor overall picture of everything that is going on in this country. But they are still focusing on it as if it were somehow the big giant boogeyman that the media is making it out to be. This is what tells you that the FBI has become a much bigger problem than a lot of people thought. Friendly reminder, 45 communist goals, discredit and eventually dismantle the FBI. In a congressional hearing last week titled Confronting Violent White Supremacy, Part 6, Examining the Biden Administration's Counterterrorism Strategy, FBI Assistant Director of Counterterrorism Timothy Langan said that the Bureau does not consider Antifa to be an organization and as such does not have specific information on the group's activities. Now, if you are one of these idiots who says that Antifa is not an organization, I'm sorry, you're stupid. Is ISIS an organization, Josh? Really? Because ISIS is organized the exact same way that Antifa is. Is, is Al-Qaeda an organization? No, they are. You're right. You're right. Here's the thing. Antifa organizes itself the exact same way that Al-Qaeda satellites and ISIS satellites organize themselves. Yet we know that Al-Qaeda is an organization. There is a philosophy that motivates them. We know that ISIS is an organization. There is a philosophy that motivates them. Antifa is the exact same thing. And the fact that you have local chapters with their own websites and merchandise and membership site portals and everything else, yeah, you know who Antifa is. They have a flag. Josh, they have a flag. They have their own flag. In response to a question about how much violence or domestic terrorism Antifa committed in recent years by Representative Nancy Mace, Republican of South Carolina, Langan had nothing to offer. Under the anti-government category of uh, or subgat category of domestic terrorism, would that include groups like Antifa or Black Lives Matter, folks who commit violence or acts of domestic terrorism, Mace asked. Great question. When you're talking about domestic terrorist threats, because national BLM and Antifa are the two biggest domestic terrorist committing groups that we have active in the United States at this time. Well, we don't identify groups, but individuals' actions, Langan responded. So if individuals are committing actions that would be in furtherance of anti-government or anarchist ideals, then they would fall into that category. Okay. So just so we're crystal clear, they do not include groups, okay? They do not identify groups, but only individuals' actions. Why is this a congressional hearing about white supremacy where they're talking about groups of white supremacists? They don't identify groups. 
The KKK, apparently, according to Langan's answer here, is not a domestic terrorist organization. But if a member of the KKK did commit an act of domestic terrorism, that would be included. Does that make sense to anybody? Of course not. So would you uh, quantify Antifa as an uh, anarchist group under then that subcategory, Mace asked? I mean, it's an anarchist group, right? The director has previously described them as a movement, and there have been individuals that have associated or identified with Antifa that have conducted violent acts that would categorize, that we would categorize as as anarchist. And that was all that Langan could offer. So Mace continues. How many acts of violent or domestic terrorism has Antifa committed over the last two years? By the way, the answer is, is dozens, if not in the hundreds. Again, Langan had nothing to offer. Since we don't categorize Antifa, nor do we calculate or collate information regarding Antifa. No, 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 just, just white supremacist organizations, right? We don't have that. Okay, so you're telling me that the FBI, the two most active organizations that commit political violence, which is, again, in the domestic terrorism category, the two biggest groups that have done this over the past several years, BLM on a national front, okay, and Antifa. The FBI doesn't track domestic terrorist activities associated with those two two ideologies, even if they're not done by the groups themselves, but individuals who identify with those groups. Guess what? If ISIS goes out there and ISIS says, brothers, go forth and run people over with your cars, as they did a few years back, and people who identify and align their ideology with ISIS go out and do that, even if they've never actually been a member of ISIS, even if they have never actually met somebody who is a part of any ISIS cell, they are still categorized as an ISIS-inspired terrorist. So why is the FBI not doing the same thing with domestic terrorist activity and violence associated with Antifa and BLM? Don't you think that's a heck of a, a question to ask somebody who runs this department and says, we don't know. Really? Well, why are you focused on white supremacist organizations, which are few and far between and have almost no membership in this country, but these other two groups, which are much larger and much more active and demonstrably so over the past three years have committed way more acts of violence than any white supremacist organization has done. Why is it that you're not tracking their activities in the United States at all when your job is to track domestic terrorist activity? Oh, At the same time, the attorney general is labeling parents domestic terrorists at the request of the National School Board Association. Did you find that a bit funny? One of the 45 communist goals, again, discredit and eventually dismantle the FBI. More coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Don't forget, you can uh, watch the show live. We've been pretty active, I think, today during the commercial breaks, talking about other issues and expanding upon some of the topics that we've been discussing. Go to rumble.com 
slash Casey the host. Rumble is where you want to be. YouTube is, well, it's a dying giant. Go to Rumble where they don't censor anybody. And also, uh, what is today, Tuesday? This Friday, October 8th, come celebrate my birthday at Pass the Mic. We are doing another Pass the Mic this Friday for my birthday, October 8th at Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. It all starts at noon. So we've got food, we got drink specials. Uh, obviously, I'll be doing a little song and dance number for everybody. But here's the thing. They want you to bring some food. So non-perishable food items or donations. And we're going to collect those all together. And we're going to send that donation to an area food pantry on behalf of you, our wonderful audience. I am also told that you have been requested to bring birthday cards and there will be cake. So I will apparently be sharing cake with all of you as well this Friday. Keep in mind, folks, here's all I know about this is that I'm supposed to be there on Friday. I don't really know anything else. <laughs> this is, they're keeping things from me because they're going to be celebrating my birthday. And so it's a whole thing. But this Friday at noon, Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill, pass the mic. And please bring a non-perishable food item or a donation so we can send it to a local area food pantry. Uh, they are also asking for birthday cards, and there will be cake. I don't know anything else beyond that. That's all I know. So I hope to see you this Friday at noon at Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Don't forget, we're upstairs at the Mont. Okay, uh, what else do we have here? <clears throat> uh, we will get into the Project Veritas release. We'll do that in the 5 o'clock hour. So at 5, that's when we're going to do it. I know people have been asking me about it. Yes, we will do that. It will come up uh, after 5 o'clock after we get done with the news. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about some social media nonsense here since I just told you to go follow me on Rumble and Telegram at Casey the Host. MIT has canceled a University of Chicago geophysics professor from an upcoming science lecture. Huh. Now, why do you think MIT would cancel a geophysics professor's science lecture when he's from the University of Chicago, which is a prestigious university, by the way. Uh, well, they, they canceled it because he's not woke enough, and he has some has some interesting positions on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and they don't like that over at MIT, apparently. Remember when MIT was all about the, you know science and stuff? You're a geophysics professor, and you can't give a lecture at MIT because they don't like your beliefs on social issues. I was talking with a, a relative the other day, and I was saying, you know, one of the reasons that I have covered science so much on this show over the years and the science journals and the way that science journals will publish any tripe and garbage that comes through and the, one of the reasons that I cover the, the global warming, climate change, fake science stuff so much is not just because in and of themselves they're a big issue. The reason I cover them is they're an indictment of the scientific community. You realize that almost everything that man-made global warming is based upon has been debunked. The hockey stick thing was nonsense. But not, not only that, not once, but twice, we have caught the prominent 
climate scientist fear mongers in the world colluding with one another to change temperature data going back hundreds of years so that their fake models of how the planet is warming, which has never been established, all lined up with one another in order to boost their peer review. We caught them doing that with emails and physical evidence twice. We have caught them doing that again when it came to the ocean elevation levels. That was just about four years ago in Australia. We keep catching them falsifying data. They're going back now and they're rewriting entire major historical weather events. They basically erased the Dust Bowl of the 1920s. They're going through and they're doing this. If they will do that over those issues, they will do that on any issue going forward. They didn't even disagree with this guy's geophysics credentials or his his ideas on on geophysics, they didn't like that social issue-wise, he wasn't in line, and therefore he must be ostracized in spite of his, his chops as a geophysicist from the prestigious University of Chicago. The scientific community has created, they've created a knowledge bubble, and anything that won't conform to that knowledge bubble must be cast out, doesn't matter how brilliant that person is. More coming up.